0: Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high. To continue to be the best teachers we
1: can. Our last podcast looked at how we define toxic school cultures and three elements, particularly when I looked across the research, add to a feeling of a productive learning, teaching environment, school environment or a toxic environment around the learning or the school culture. The first was around how we communicate. The second was around whether fear is something that permeates the decisions we make at school or if we do not have fear and we can take risks. And the third was how support is offered to us individually, but seen as a whole collective within the value of the school system in which we work. So today I don't want to go further into looking at, I guess, the negative aspects of that. But what I do want to look at are the questions I did pose last podcast and I asked you to think about. So when we talk about communication, what communication works best for you and in your school? What facilitates and supports that communication? And how can that best practice be built upon to support developments in other parts of the school, where maybe the school culture is not as productive as where you work or the way in which you operate? Now, I just want to touch on also, I talk productive rather than positive school culture, because when we look at our work. I'm quite honestly not interested in holding hands, singing Kumbaya, and a sense of positivity. Positive affect and negative affect were a big part of my research. And negative affect are emotions and feelings that lead to interactions based around frustration, anxiety, stress. Whereas positive affect, which then leads to productive teaching and learning environments, were senses of not just happy and joy, but a sense of fulfillment, a sense of achievement, And those feelings, those beliefs, those emotions, they come from productivity. So to create environments in which we want good communication to occur, if we focus more on productive teaching and learning environments, we build a foundation for conversations, for communication that can be robust without being hurtful, that can be direct without being confrontational. Four Dimensions provides that foundation for classroom interactions, teacher to student, but it goes beyond that. Four Dimensions is actually a decision-making framework for anyone. How do we set expectations? How do we interact and let people know when they are meeting those expectations? And the teachers who had the classrooms with the least disruption, and this applies to leadership teams and schools are people who put 80% of their energy into talking around what they do want, what helps them achieve their goals, and interacting with people when they see them meeting those expectations. So when you think through what does communication look like in your school, well, what communication works best in your school? And how can you be someone who facilitates and supports that? Staff room gossip is never a place or a way to change communication processes. So take some responsibility and this is not me blaming you, nor saying that one person can flip a truly toxic school culture, but do be responsible for what it is that you add or you take away from the environment in which you work. So how can you build that practice across your school and how do you support other people in doing that? So the next one that we spoke about was very much how fear permeates all aspects or many aspects of school life if we are working in a toxic school culture. So the opposite of that is how do we create a school, an environment in which fear no longer looks at eating away at the ground, at the imprint, at the footprint that we put on our school? How do we create environments where people will not feel a sense of judgment, will not fear failure or not a sense of not being good enough through their actions? What do you do that makes sure that teachers that you work with that leadership that you work with know how they improve the learning culture that provides you with a sound foundation that you can take risk. Now, when I say take risk, I mean with a sense of accountability because we do not work for ourselves. We work within a department or departments that have guidelines for our practice. So risk-taking is fine, but we also need to remember that (laughs) reckless or risks that are without or outside the boundaries of the department guidelines are not something we get to take for granted. So how do you and how does your role impact how others feel in the school? Are you someone when teachers take a risk that you jump on board and say, wow, cool, that was a neat idea, but I see it didn't go so well for you. Do you want to talk through what worked and what didn't? Or are you someone that does that sly smile of, "Mm, could have told you it wouldn't work the first time? How do your behaviours impact others in your school? And this includes your leadership team. We often talk about that top-down model, but we also need to have a responsibility in how do we feed back to our leadership team when they have taken a risk and whether it worked or it didn't, instead of sitting in that mindset of, oh, I could have told you that, I hear so often, the wheel just goes around, comes back again. The wheel doesn't just go around because we're working in a new society, a different society and we do try things we've had in the past, because in this context, they may work. So how do you represent the communication that you would like to see in your school? And how do you represent the interactions with others that shows them we are not working in a fear-based environment? And you know what? Take some risks. Be out there. Have a go at what you are. Find your mojo, and I will not judge you for that. How can you better equip yourself To speak from a place of truth and honesty in all conversations. Again, it comes back to robust conversations that aren't the only other option is a fear outcome. That teachers, leaders, and teachers, parents, community, and teachers feel that they can be heard and there's not an element of fear that if this doesn't happen, the other will be the outcome. And the third one that we talked about was support. So, communication, how we have or do not have a fear. Based response or reaction to when we take risks that we're not worried about failing. And the third one is support. Consider what you think, and I asked you this in the last podcast, what do you see as needing support? Because often when I talk to schools, when I'm called in to do work around culture, that support comes down to admin don't come and remove students quickly enough. Now, that's another whole podcast, but that's not the only way in which we receive support. So when I think of support, it's not about what others don't do for me. It's what I can do within the system I work. So support for me is about how I provide non-judgmental interactions that enable others to do the work they are meant to be doing. That doesn't mean I don't interact, that I don't have robust conversations, that I don't have conversations when things aren't as they should be, but I do it without judgment. And I do it from a place where I listen to what the other person has to say Without jumping in to fix it. So, for me, it is an environment where teachers can feel that they can do things, take risks, don't have a sense of failure, but that support comes from individual to individual, teacher to teacher, leadership to teacher, teacher to leader, and it comes from a place where there is mutual trust and respect on both sides. When we think about how we build that support system, What are the hallmarks of support conversations in your current context? What does or do other people do that when you are seeking support, the things that make you feel valued, seen, listened to? How can you tap into that to provide that to someone else? How do you feel after different conversations? This is a great way to establish a foundational basis for how you can provide support for others. When other people work with you, how do you feel after the conversation has taken place? How do you make others feel when they leave your conversations? Because that is often where we can see how we impact on the support of others. The other is, how do you know, how do you measure the impact of the support you have given? So for me, when we talk about toxic school cultures, what it really comes back to, how do we take responsibility, each individual as a part of the team? I don't believe there is an I. There are no eyes in team. There are most definitely multiple eyes in team. Whoever coined the term, there is no eye in team. If we don't see individuals and respect individuals within our teams, those three things we've just spoken about are bound to seep in and take over in pockets. If we have, and there's always times that we are not happy with decisions, there are always times that we are not happy within the work environment that we are in. What we need to provide is discourse moments for communication so people can be heard. People can be heard without fear of being shunned or being laughed at or ridiculed, and people feel supported in those conversations. So think about not what others do to you, but quite honestly, what you do to others. How can you change and start that process within your own staff room for being responsible for those three things? Have a great day, and I look forward to catching you on our next podcast.
0: Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit CarolineBlackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.